0: evening and welcome to another exciting episode of History Bluffs where truth is stranger than fiction. I want to welcome now to the show your
1: host Alan. Hello. Welcome to yet another episode of History Bluffs. I am your host Alan and that person you heard earlier was our announcer Adam. He is our tech for History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. Uh Hey, tech Adam, how you doing?
0: I'm good. Oh, I'm great, Alan. This is a good time.
1: Good time to be on the show. It is a good time to be on the show because it's when we normally record the show. Absolutely. The best time to be on the show. Consistency is king, Alan. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, our tech Adam was on the other side of the planet not too long ago. How long ago did you come back into the country? About... 24 hours ago my goodness how are you doing jet lagged uh a little bit a little, a little bit, bit but i was lagged.
0: i was traveling west on the way home back so uh it's not as bad as going east
1: oh okay so you're kind of ahead of us
0: yeah yeah it's uh i'm gonna assume it's the coriolis effect i don't know i'm not a climatologist
1: okay all right well, oh, a round of applause for adam our thank tech you. there it is oh thank you Appreciate adam you're that, too man. kind to yourself because you control I the applause I do. um <laughs> So, well, Adam, now that you're here, let's explain the rules. Bring that up to the the screen that everyone watching us on YouTube can see visually. And if you're listening to us on our uh, podcast, let me explain. The rules for History Bluffs is we have two minutes for our historians to do research. They'll take notes uh, on the topic of the episode. And they can only completely lie... Um, Which means they completely lie about their premise Or they must completely tell the truth If they're telling the truth You better believe there's not going to be any lies In that version of the uh, story And also They can't use you guys for help Sorry, if you really love one of our armchair historians It doesn't matter They're going to be on their own Yeah, and that's that So those are the rules, folks And uh, without further ado Let's bring out Are we going to do one at a time, Adam?
0: You know, let's do one at a time. They're all special, unique individuals.
1: Yes, they are. So coming all the way from Chicago, we've got one of our armchair historians. That's Carlos. Carlos. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's good Uh, to be here. Good to have you. Carlos, I have a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite element?
2: Oh, geez louise. Let's see. Uh... It would have to be cinnamon.
1: Cinnamon, the element. Yeah. Okay. I missed cinnamon on the periodic table.
2: That's because you're dumb.
1: I guess. I'm <laughs> the
2: high up ones. <laughs> Silly me. Yeah. I don't
1: always read those high up ones. Okay. Well, they're dumb. I. You got me, Carlos. I am pretty it's dumb. There, I did. I got I a C, C in know. chemistry. That is true. All right. Well. <laughs> That's true. All That's right. like my so- climatology. <laughs> All right, let's bring on our next armchair historian, our lady, of course, uh, Gina. How you doing, Gina?
3: I'm good. How are you, Alan? I'm doing Hello. quite
1: well, and I've we got a. Question. Oh, yeah? we do, don't we? Yeah. We got the basic blacks going. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite? Who is your favorite Nobel Prize winner?
3: Well. Let's see. It was the person uh, in that movie that uh, Mm. Russell Crowe played where Mm -hmm. he was a beautiful mind. He was a beautiful mind. And I say that because he's really the only one that I know.
1: Okay. That's fair. (laughs) If that's the only one you know, then it's got to be your favorite.
3: And the only reason I know that is because I watched that movie and then followed up by reading about it. So totally fair.
1: In fact, if someone had asked me, I would name the only one I can name, which is one of our... Former U.S. Presidents. Trump? N- no. Not <laughs> no, him. No, that's scary. He's not <laughs> the one that won it. Surprisingly uh, enough. Well, he
3: you share uh, with us or are we to be?
1: You, oh, do you want me to tell you who it was? <laughs> it's going to be as really awesome fun. as his chemistry. <laughs> it was Obama. Obama won oh, Nobel Prize. With, also, with a you... former Vice President won it too. Um Yes. Uh, Al gonna, Gore. Al Gore won a uh, Nobel Prize, too, if I can yes, remember Actually, correctly.
3: Actually, I did know that. And then um, and then I'm excited because my story kind of lends itself to humanitarian efforts. Not that all Nobel Prizes are humanitarian, but okay. this one is. So well, I, I don't
1: want to tip anyone's hand by giving too much information about True. what their, their uh, story is going to be. But uh, let's move on to our third armchair historian, Chris.
2: Hello. Hey, Hello.
1: hey Chris, I have a question for you. Who is your favorite virtuous fictional character?
4: Oh, man, that would be it's it's a very probably limited remembered character, uh, but it was from uh, Johnny Quest. And it was um, the uh, character. It was it was uh, Raj's uncle that was based off of Mahatma Gandhi.
1: Oh, okay. I don't remember I don't remember his
4: name. That's why I, I apologize. to say he's limited in remembrance. That's on my part. But yeah, I thought, you know, um, yeah, he That's, was... Yeah.
1: All right. Excellent. All right. So for those of you who want to watch that particular episode, uh, he wasn't in every episode, was he?
4: No, no, no.
1: Okay. No. So if you want to watch that episode of Johnny Quest, you can write That's, us here at the show.
4: It's one of those things <laughs> like, like, why do you remember that? I don't know why I remember that. It was so <laughs> That's your ago. favorite virtuous fictional character. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well... <laughs> The reason why I ask these questions of our armchair historians is because the topic of the day is the word NOBLE. Yes, NOBLE. An element, Nobel Prize, virtuous, it's all related in my mind, and NOBLE noble could affect our armchair historians in a variety of ways. They're gonna take some notes, research on the internet, and I'm giving them a little more time to, to brush up on any of the stuff that they've researched ahead of time, and speaking of time, our armchair historians will be limited in how much time they have to describe their topics. Round one is only right audience. Round one is a mere 75 seconds. Round two is 60 and round three will be 45 seconds. And at the end, we will determine who is a true armchair historian and who is the history bluff question. Yes. Can I have more time than that? Technically, no.
3: Oh, I I owe what? him I owe him 20 seconds from oh. 3 weeks ago there I'm you go. He is. He's has 20 of my seconds, which is going to screw up my story, I'm pretty sure, but we're going to try it. So, <laughs> Gino, do it.
1: at some point, we're going to steal 20 seconds from you. Okay. We're going to give him to Carlos.
3: Okay. We're only hurting the audience because they won't get to know my For whole For those story. of you who
1: remember that episode, <laughs> you will love the fact that we have continuity on History Bluffs. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, let's move on to round one. Round one? (laughs) Round one already? Oh, my God, I wasn't ready. Let's do round one, Alan. I'll give you more warning next time, Tech Adam. Um, But since traditionally we do ladies first, let's go with our friend from Chicago, Carlos.
2: Carlos is
1: first. Boom.
0: All right, Carlos. Are you ready for your round, Carlos?
2: I'm ready to start. I'm just processing that. I'm
0: ready. I'm ready. All right, Alan, you call it.
1: You let us know when we start. Well, Carlos, your time starts now.
2: All right, so... Uh, you know, it's funny that you asked me about the, uh, my favorite noble gas or my favorite element from the periodic table, Alan, because today I'm here to talk about the periodic table. Now, a lot of people think that Dmitri Mendeleev is the one that came up with it. But guess what? They're all wrong and idiots like you, because some other dude came up with it first. Kind of ish the guy's name was john newlands and he was british it? right and he was a a scientist and he was one of the first people to devise a table of chemical elements arranged in order of their relative atomic mass he was a chemist he was born in elephant and castle newlands which is funny because there's a pub called elephant and castle here in the loop in Chicago. I didn't realize there was a connection, but apparently there is, uh, he was born in Elephant and Castle, London or whatever, England. And he's one of the three great 19th century scientists associated with, with a special location there, that area. And I'm going to get more on them in a second. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo is
1: correct. Wow. Uh, Chris, a lot of, uh, history there or was it what do you think
4: well i particularly love his use of the uh, of course uh, historical uh, phrase kind of ish uh, that jumped out at me um and then i i just was fixated on his use of bad accents to hide <laughs> his fabrications mm. <laughs> bad accent?
1: fair enough fair right, enough go. gina a lot of a <laughs> lot of science and history there what did you think of that uh, touching upon some some noble elements
3: And then, like, if you go all around England, there are different dialects. So, I mean, I don't know. He could be accurate about this dude's thing. But I love his – he opened up with, uh, which really lends a lot of credibility to his story already. And then he said a lot of people think Dimitri, whatever his name is, is like, really? Is that common? Like, is that common? Everybody's like – everybody's walking around going, man, that guy Dimitri. Like, it's – anyway, I just – I'm not sure yet, but, but the uh has given me pause. I think he's lying.
1: Wow. So <laughs> just the use of the word, uh, makes you think he might be bluffing. Might be. That's fair. No, I'm convinced. Oh, you're <laughs> totally sold in his inaccurate tale. Well, well interesting. Yes,
4: Chris. I was, I was thinking maybe UGH is, is one of the periodic uh, elements. <laughs> oh, yet another claim to the periodic
1: table. Well, uh, Gina, mm-hmm. I yeah. think, uh, it's, it's time to, to give you a shot at your first round, uh, oh. story here. And uh, your time starts with the bang of the cannon.
3: Okay. Um. So, a story that also gives me pause, and will also give you some, is the history of where the Lion King was inspired. Uh, So um, our subject is noble, I thought of King and uh, basically there are a lot of uh, theories on where uh, Lion King was inspired and so it goes back to like some people say it was Hamlet because everything was very similar except the fact that nobody died at the very, very end. Some people said it was from Joseph and Moses from the Bible, but my research shows that it was actually from a real. Place a kingdom called Mali in Africa. Uh, Mali was in the 13th century. It was the largest kingdom on the west coast of Africa, and it bordered the. Um, I call it yeah on the west. It bordered the uh, Atlantic Ocean, and it went from the Niger River uh, all the way all the way down the coast. And so it was one of the largest and most uh, most. Uh, I would say like rich. They had a lot of gold in those areas. They mined a lot of gold, and the king of that area, uh, the equivalent of the modern day Muf- Mufasa um, actually died, just like in the movie. And um, the way that he uh, outlined his heir is the story I'll tell
1: you. Ooh, Gina. Just a hair over, that's going to really hurt when you don't have your full allotted yeah. time.
3: Uh, fair. Oh,
1: boy. Um, Carlos. I shouldn't
3: have used my pun at the top of the story.
2: That wasted like 10 seconds.
1: <laughs> Carlos, your take on this uh, Lion King tale.
2: Well, uh, any suggestion that Disney would be inspired by something from real life and create an original story is ridiculous. <laughs> it's preposterous mm. obviously probably beat up some they probably went over to cal art and they looked around and they said oh let's check out your work everyone good job notes notes notes. <laughs> notes 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 from room a117 or whatever that room is a113 and they picked all their while the kids were out to lunch they went in there they broke in like Watergate, and they stole the Lion King. That's what I think happened. Which means that Gina is a big old bluffer. Ooh. Yes,
3: they watergated in the thirteenth century mm-hmm.
1: before watergating was cool. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: All right. They fair didn't know enough. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> fair enough. Chris, is this Lion King a uh, a tale from history, or is it uh, yet another bluff?
4: Uh, you know i i i can't tell because i stopped uh believing her when she uh she pointed west uh and said west but from where, where i'm sitting she pointed east so <laughs> me, the whole thing was a bluff
3: <laughs>
1: no
4: fair <laughs> totally That's fair good.
3: i'm using trickery you're right
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. Well, I did not
3: fib. I just used trickery.
1: She just used trickery. And that's the thing. It also depends on where your monitor is facing at the time. So (laughs) (laughs) truth is subjective. Um, Chris, now it's your turn to give your take on the word noble. And your time starts with the bang.
4: All right. Well, you actually tipped off my topic in your intros uh, because I am going to talk about a group of Nobel Prize winners they were known as uh, they call themselves the Nobel Nobels and the Nobel Prizes as we all know were well, not all of us but more people probably than, than the periodic table that, that uh, Carlos claimed how many people know uh, were first awarded in 1901 by a guy named Alfred Nobel uh, a Swedish scientist uh, they regarded as you know the most prestigious awards given for you know intellectual achievement in the world uh, and since their inception over 900 people have won awards. I'm going to tell you a story of a group of people whose status among the nobility of their respective countries and their controversial actions, both before and after winning their awards, almost brought the entire Nobel system to a grinding halt before the start of World War II. And the first among these people was a guy named Sir William Harris, a 1904 laureate, and Nobels were starting in 1901, by the way. Um, He was controversial because even though he was a renowned philanthropist uh, who helped thousands of people around the world, He was despised in his own community because of his mistreatment of his wife, his children, and his household staff. Um, He was ruthless to those people closest to him, and everybody hated him because he was such a hypocrite. I'll tell you more in the next round.
1: Ooh. Well done, Chris. Well, or was it well done? Uh, Carlos, what's your take?
2: It was not well done. You're taking away awards. Because someone did bad stuff after they got the award, we're taking back most of the awards. Uh, <laughs> well, know, so why are we even focused on what these people did after they won the Nobel Whenever Prize? Uh, and the guy's name was Alfred. Out Al, like what they call him Alf? Well, we, uh, no, that's not that's not a real <laughs> old name. That's a new name, not an old name. So mm. They call him Todd Nobel. He might as well have said Chad Nobel. <laughs> From 18-whatever. Ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous.
1: Wow. Ridiculous, says Carlos. Could it be that someone wasn't named Alfred back in the day? Gina, what say you?
3: Well, I think that's a really interesting angle to like think it was like Alfred couldn't have been a name I so <laughs> <laughs> oh am the one under attack right now is that what's happening why am I under attack no no you're not under attack because I'm about to go into Chris so what happened here is that um, Chris is I mean actually I just really I'm intrigued I don't believe it but I'm intrigued by this man who almost oh. took down the whole Nobel Prize system that's fascinating to me it's a good hook Chris Um, I'd like to wait for more rounds to figure out whether you're bluffing or not.
1: (laughs) Hmm, fair enough. Well, speaking of more rounds, I think it's time for another round. A round by the name of Two. (laughs) A smattering of applause. Uh, I did say earlier, ladies first. So, of course, Gina, let's let you go first. Oh, but Uh, uh, Gina... uh, 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 Oh, we have a point of contention.
2: I would like to take my twenty seconds from Gina in this round, please. All Shoot! Right. <laughs> oh, this is gonna. Start. Gina, I'm, gonna go fast. I'm gonna talk fast.
1: You have to lose twenty seconds, Adam tech, You're gonna have to honk that buzzer a little bit early here. You follow? Okay. I
0: follow. <laughs> We're going to do. Let's see. All right. I think uh, I, I, when you hear the boom sound. Okay. You may go.
2: I'm ready. All I'm right, ready when so you're Alan,
0: are we ready to start Gina's round? I'm ready to start. Okay, so I'm gonna put up the timer, Gina, but you don't get to start until the boom. You
2: say? Okay. okay. Oh,
1: okay. So this we're
0: gonna give it a little
2: me time. So anxious.
0: <laughs> we're gonna fill in. Oh, it's gonna be easier. All right. So what do we want? We're so we're subtracting. This is a quicker round, right? This is a 60 second round. So you're gonna is it get
3: 75.
0: 75. <laughs> uh, this is really Two. Getting. You only get 40 seconds, so I'm going to throw the 45-second timer up, and I'll okay. boom you at after five seconds. Okay, sounds okay. good. Okay. Here, here we go. go. Okay. All right. Timer's up.
1: So Four, we can talk during this? Three. Yeah. Two. Okay, one. here we go.
3: Konate, the real Mufasa, had a son named Sun Yata. Sunyata could not walk. He was crippled. Um, and he uh, he had that son with a second wife. They, uh, back in the day, they married multiple wives. And um, when he had the son, he um, his the prophecy that he received, just like Mufasa, was that he would have a son that would reign the kingdom for years, but he had to marry an ugly woman in order to do it. So he married a woman that they called the buffalo woman who had a hump on her back and also walked a little hunched over. Um, Sunyata was born. Um, it, he couldn't walk. Um, so because people made fun of him, because uh, the buffalo woman also got made fun of, they actually... Uh, um they they she took him away. Not like he didn't run away just oh, like movie. Yeah. she took him. Oh, so go. All wow. right, all
1: right, all right. Well Gina, I'm just gonna say you're lucky Carlos didn't wait till round three to take yeah, away.
3: Yeah,
1: he that really I nothing. really am. <laughs> that would have sucked I ten <laughs> seconds or whatever. Um, wow. all right, so um let's move on to our, oh well first of all, let's let's get some opinions yeah. on that that story we just heard. Uh, Carlos,
2: what'd you think? Let's see. Uh, crippled son to inherit the kingdom—that's Game of Thrones. She's uh, doing Game of Thrones, Alan, and mm. uh, I don't have to go through Game of Thrones a second time. I'm insulted. No, nope. not enough to go through the first time with that ending, and she's gonna make us go through Game of Thrones again. Yes, love Once... story. No, <laughs> no.
1: One Game of Thrones is enough. Yeah. I agree, Chris. a what... prequel? Did you oh, see that? Mother. I know. Let's, <laughs> l- never mind. Chris, what's well, your take Gina? On Gina?
4: Uh, Gina said that uh, back in the day, back then, they had multiple wives. Today, you can have multiple wives. You just need several divorces. That's all. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, also about, she also talked about Buffalo women. And what popped in my head was Jimmy Stewart in Wonderful Life, Buffalo Gal. And she's mentioning a movie. So I think she's taking elements of It's A Wonderful Life and making up this story based on that.
3: It could be ah. trickery. Game of Thrones meets A Wonderful Life.
4: <laughs> well. that <was> <laughs> oh
3: my That's
0: ridiculous.
3: That's plausible. Plausible.
1: I might want that instead of Game of Thrones, actually. Um, but uh, Chris, yeah, that was that was an interesting take. But I think uh, round two, at this point, is going to belong to you. You're in the driver's seat, Chris. And we're going to okay. start your timer.
0: Oh, oh, Oh. that's premature. That's premature. No timers. No timers are up. Okay, now we're going to
1: do a timer, but this is going to be the correct timer, right, Tech Adam?
0: That's correct, Alan. When you give him the go-ahead, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock.
1: That's right. We're going to give you the full time for you, Chris. You got that? I got it. Here we go. And your timer begins at the bang.
4: All right. So we had Sir William Harris, and then he was 1904 winner. Then in 1907, a German named Wolfgang Krupp won the award. And again, despite being quite generous and integral to several scientific advancements of that time, Uh, widely seen as helpful to progress in medicine and farming, etc. He was also known to be radically political. And uh, it was later discovered after he died that he was in in a close circle of friends uh, of his, included the mentor who would become the mentor to Adolf Hitler. Um, But so at the time of each of their own, uh, their, their wars were not the problem. But when they got together and they started recruiting other people in 1910, they, they had this idea, hey, let's have a lunch with other noble winners. And by 1910, there were seven no- members of nobility that had won a Nobel Prize. And they started having uh, these meetings. And um, they created quite a stir because they were talking about things like, um, you know, how to influence companies and influence countries with their political sway. Um, and it really created an uproar.
1: Ooh, Interesting. Influencing companies, etc., doesn't sound very noble to me. What say you,
2: Carlos? Yeah, it sounds like the League of Noble Gentlemen. He's doing the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and/or the Illuminati. Okay, uh, he's pulling crap from comic books and Mike and, and and Alan Moore stories, and he's making it seem like the like. Okay, you know what, Chris? This isn't your elevator pitch room, all right? You want to pitch some idea about the winners of the Nobel Prizes becoming some group. You do that on your own time in Hollywood or whatever, not here.
1: Mm, That's fair. Although I
2: would write on your staff if you get this picture. (laughs) I have ideas you tough. be noted. be noted. Carlos,
1: clearly appealing to the host, as you might tell by my background. I have plenty of comic book paraphernalia <laughs> to show my fandom. Um, Gina, what say you?
3: Does it get anything if we appeal to you?
1: No, not at all. Okay,
3: then good, because I don't know much about comic books. So that worked well. Um, you might want to
1: ask your husband.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's his poster back there. Yes. Uh, so, in any case, I uh, I just really – this. If this story is true, it saddens my heart that a group of Nobel Prize winners might be somehow um, tangentially related to Hitler. That just is sad, Chris. This is bringing me down, yeah, man. Only
2: one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> only one, but they had a band of brothers. Like, they were, it was like, that's horrible.
2: A band of evil brothers. A band of mm. evil brothers. We can pitch that too, Chris. Mm-hmm. On
1: the right <laughs> <Okay. side. laughs> one thing, The one
3: thing of your story that I do agree with is that Carlos is a hell of a writer and you should hire
1: him. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of writers and Carlos, Carlos, we don't know if you wrote this or not. You may have pulled this from history legitimately, mm-hmm. but it is your turn to go for round two. And do you get your bonus time for this too? I
2: do.
1: Okay, yeah. Adam, are you yeah. capable of adding an additional 20 seconds to Carlos's time?
0: Sure, I'll fire up the uh, 75 second timer and re- and restart it after five seconds. We're good, right, man. Sounds nice. fair. I'm do doing it. I'm doing math over here.
1: All right, Adam, you're going to give him the go-ahead. You follow?
0: All right, Carlos, at the boom, you get to go. But not before then. Uh, Are you ready? Ready. Uh, I promise to give you those extra seconds. Here we go. Your round begins now.
2: All right, let's take 20 seconds of a silent meditation first. (laughs) Oh, you Okay, here we go. All right, so we got John Newlands. All right, he was home-taught by his Presbyterian minister father. Uh, at the age of 19, though, he joined the Royal Com- uh, College of Chemistry. He studied under August von Hoffmann the a, a German chemist who discovered formaldehyde, everybody, formaldehyde and helped found the synthetic dye industry. Oh my God. Then he moved Ooh. over, uh, Newlands moved over to the Royal Agricultural Society. Okay, but in 1960, Newlands, Was a passionate supporter of various Victorian social reforms. Put his chemistry career on hold, and he turned his attention to Italy. Joined some 800 volunteers to fight alongside Giuseppe Garibaldi's red shirts in their bid to unify the country. Because apparently, Italy was split, y'all. Okay. But then he returned in 1862. He married a woman named Jane Rickings, and he had a son and daughter. Okay. He started his career working as a self employed chemist before becoming the chief chemist for James Duncan's pioneering Clyde Warm Sugar Refinery in Silvertown to be continued or concluded, if you will.
1: And Don't we will. You, Dad, you we will you, conclude. <laughs> in round, then the next round. Need um, more time to tell the truth. You will. You will have that opportunity. Chris, what'd you think?
4: um I think that, uh, so let's see, he referred to. Homeschooling and a Protestant minister, and and that's Footloose. That's the movie Footloose, right there. Oh. Um, and uh, so you know he's pulling from different movies that he likes. Um, and he said something about you know the red shirts. Um, and I couldn't tell if he was talking about uh, a cartoon group or you know the red coats from England. And 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 how did we get to Italy? I thought the guy was in in London in England before. And so we're just jumping around the European continent with no continuity. Uh, so I. I'm finding some holes in Carlos's story, but I still might hire him as a writer if I get that.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, still, if he's, if he's written it, if it is fiction, it's quite a tale he's spun. Gina, what do you think?
3: Well, um, I found that the story was fascinating. I'm still not sure if it's true or not. And the reason that I really like his story right now is because he ended it with, um, this guy got this amazing job, this chemist at a sugar plant. Like in my head, <laughs> sugar is already a thing. Like, do you really need a chemist for that? I don't know enough about sugar, so I oh. can't say, but so that cracks me up. That's
2: Interesting, all, sugar all right. Sugar dissolves into things. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't <laughs> even know. you don't even know. <laughs> sugar dissolves into things to make them sweet. It becomes a new thing. Okay. Okay. Nice chemistry.
4: Very scientific uh, argument there. Things, things. Car- <laughs> I'm not the scientist.
2: I don't have to talk about the things or stuff that sugar's made of. I'm not a thing, but a truth.
3: Sugar's made of sugar, Carlos. Carlos. Sugar's
2: made of sugar. Other things are made sweet by sugar dissolving into it. It's coke. Carlos I is using coke the. Is made of coke, Carlos. Beekman's
1: science explanation. We're going to short. We'll Chemistry! <laughs> <We're gonna, laughs> short-handing stuff into stuff, as Beekman would have done. Or things. Or things. <laughs> you know what we're going to do? We're going to move on to the next round, Adam. And that round is which number? Round three. <laughs> All right hey everybody we're back and we're in round number three and who's <laughs> gonna go three but our third armchair historian and that's mr chris chris are you
4: ready to rock i am ready could you just remind me how many seconds we have in this final round
1: all right you've got uh this one's shorter this was what how many is it 45?
0: Forty-five.
4: 45 45 right.
1: seconds to you chris you ready
4: i am ready you start with a bang So to bring this all back to uh, center here, um, we have uh, Sir William Harris. We had Wolfgang Krupp um, and this whole self-described group calling themselves the Noble Nobels. And uh, again, the Nobel organization was was infuriated. The public was infuriated because they were sending all the wrong messages that even though there were only a limited number of them, uh that the prizes were only given to the super rich and the super elite but between so between 1910 when they first met all the way until 1936 long after harris died long after krupp died even alfred nobel at that point had died there were 31 nobel laureates that were still meeting in private and the nobel organization stepped in and said enough is enough you can't have your private club any longer starting in 1937 now they have to agree that they won't do anything that causes bad publicity for the advancement of peace for the good of all people oh goodness
1: wow a lot of, lot of uh, epilogues there. Addendums. Oof. All right. We'll take it, though. We'll accept it. Um, but, uh, Gina, that doesn't give you a free ride to do another 20 seconds on the <laughs> okay, okay, end okay. of your <laughs> thing. Um, but, Gina, we'll, we'll go to you. What's your take?
3: Well, actually, Adam, how many seconds did we did Chris have on that round?
1: Forty-five.
3: Okay, so he had 45 seconds, of which he took the first half to tell us stuff we already heard about in the last round. So, (laughs) I feel like that was a great tactical. So, I'm into trickery, but now it makes me think he's a liar.
1: (laughs) Ooh, interesting summary. Interesting take, Gina. All right, yeah, he did refer to stuff that he didn't have to in that short amount of time. Carlos, what do you think?
2: I think that Chris told a compelling uh, narrative. Uh, I found equally compelling in the pages of Justice League 178, Justice League, where the league had to be disbanded (laughs) because society did not like so many supers (laughs) together because he's making it up.
1: Wow. Another, okay, another tale from the comic books. All right, interesting. Um, So, yeah, Carlos, good take. And Carlos... You know what? I think yeah. we're going to give you an, a, a final chance to give your take on your history of the, the scientist that brought us the noble gas designation. Are you ready?
2: I am ready. I would like to take 20 seconds from Gina. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do anything a, this that show. Was, that was a one-time yes. deal, You're Carlos. Doing again, going to do it again. <laughs> Alan, Alan, Alan,
4: Alan, I, will, I will gladly give 20 seconds of my time remaining to Carlos. Oh, oh,
2: which
1: is like a, a negative five because you went overtime. so. <laughs> Can I have Carlos? this negative five? <laughs> no, Carlos, wait, wait, never mind. we're going to we'll give you 45 seconds five. starting with a cannon bang.
2: All right, so Newlands was in the sugar business as a chemist because you need chemists in food industries. That's, that's actually the job of uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. That's Clark Griswold's job. He is a chemist in the food industry, but I digress, whatever. Okay, so Newlands was active into teaching as well as research. He taught at the St. Savior's Grammar School, uh, the School of Medicine for Women and the City of London College. Perhaps it was this dual research teaching role. As an anal- anal- analyst of the properties of chemicals, as an explainer of those properties, they decided he wanted to group elements. But they got crazy about grouping them into groups of eight, the octaves, they call it. And Ooh. people like, did not believe it because of that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Snuck in a couple lines there, but that's fine. People didn't believe him. That's what we learned. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Gina, Gina, what do you think? I think
3: that you're a mean host because he, he <laughs> just up to you before and now you're all like, he's lying.
1: <laughs> no, no, I didn't say he was lying. It's this, That was his addendum that he t- t- chimed in there, after the buzzer. There, there,
3: there. So um, what do you I think? I don't know because is he is he now he you know he is he is picking our stories apart because of movies and TV shows yet he referenced family I mean National Lampoon's vacation like because we had to justify the chemistry thing he used up a lot of his time to do that and I don't really feel like we got the whole story I don't know Mm. I think they're both lying because I know I'm not so
1: (laughs) (laughs) well there's Gina's take is everyone's a liar but her
2: or uh, am i? <laughs> Chris,
1: what is I, your you know, take?
4: I'm going to uh, agree with Gina here, you know, the the, the blatant distraction attempt of using Clark <laughs> Griswold. Um it reminds me of um basic instinct where, you know, Sharon Stone's character, I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book about a murder that's the way the murder happened. It's the perfect alibi. Carlos has the perfect alibi by talking about all these things that we're doing and then he did the exact same thing. So I, I think Carlos was the bluff. Mm. Another
3: question. Not yes, a question. Gina. This is an observation. When Chris started that story and he said, "Just like Sharon Stone did," because you talked about him distracting us, I really thought he was going to talk about the you know the the thing. with
2: he went a whole okay. other way. <laughs> I <did> too. I <laughs> <love you.
3: laughs>
2: calm down adam adam's pulling it up on his screen right now (laughs) adam
1: is is replaying that scene in his head but we're going to replay uh gina telling us a story because she's gonna wrap up round three gina are you ready
3: i think so i gotta go sure you're
1: gonna come in on time i don't know we'll see who knows Okay, (laughs) okay gina your time starts with a bang
3: if i try to pronounce the names i won't come in on time so the guy um the guy that mufasa was based on died and so um he was killed he was killed by the uh, his other wife and his wife's other son um who w- who thought that he rightfully belonged to the throne so it wasn't actually mufasa's brother like scar in the movie it was actually mufasa's son the other son so um stepson has already moved away with his mom other son uh kills Mufasa. He didn't get the actual throne. Another kingdom took over. But while he was away, a band of brothers actually uh, from the old kingdom got in touch and sent word to get um, Simba to come back. But that's not really his name. But Simba comes back and Simba um, kind of like saves the kingdom um, by meeting them in the desert and actually forming a band to take over the kingdom and overthrow the new king. And they ended up having that and they became the richest place in Africa in Forbes has said that it was the richest place in the whole. Yeah. I know. I just went over like ten seconds.
1: I'm sorry, that's <laughs> It's okay. Everyone else went over five. Carlos, Gina just wrapped up her story. What comic book was that based on?
2: Oh, it was a comic book where she omitted Nala. Uh, so oh, she what wasn't in the
3: real tale.
2: Oh, she wasn't in the real air quotes tale. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, is that got, it? That's, that's, it. The, that's, that's the rebuttal. All <laughs> this right, is
3: a good rebuttal. Chris, Fair. what's your
1: take on Gina's story?
4: I, I like Gina's style. She she score she 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 rips Carlos a new one because he was using the very scientific thing and things phrases, and then she goes on and eliminates all the names because she forgot which one she made up, and starts saying the son and the other son and the other wife and this that and the other thing. And, and she reverted to actually bringing in characters from Lion King's name because she couldn't remember the name she made up. I love it. I love it. Well done, Gina.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> well, all of our uh, historians have told their tales. They've chimed in. But before we get to the judgment, I want to get a final take. Uh, if you could pick one of these other two armchair historians... Which one would you say is the bluffer, Carlos? Uh, It's straight up Gina. It's straight up (laughs) Gina.
2: It's always Gina. It's
1: Gina.
2: (laughs) It's Gina.
1: Carlos's Wait. vote is Gina. What? What Gina? Well, Gina, this how about you? What's my, your vote, Gina?
3: Which one of my family members did I base this one on? Because <laughs> uh, <Nala. laughs> you let her out? I left out. Um, my vote. Oh, this is a tough one. I would think I was lying because of my last round, because I did not reference any names. But it really is an oral African story that was was the, it had been passed down orally for generations. Um. So I. I. I don't know. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm going um, to pick Carlos because he's the
1: meanest. <laughs> oh, okay. That's typical. That's true, that's All right. Fair. And Chris, who do you say?
4: Um, I'm just looking at the page where I was taking some notes during both of their stories and I have more question marks in Gina's category than, than Carlos's section. So I'm going to go with Gina.
1: Gina. Gina with two votes. Carlos with one. Well, someone's right, someone's wrong. Maybe all of you are wrong, because maybe it was Chris. Uh, Adam the Tech knows for sure. So, Adam, what say you?
0: Well, Alan, I know the truth, and I'm going to reveal it. Are we ready to do the reveal? Lenny, yes. All right, Alan, I'll have you kindly uh, turn your camera off so we can ju- just the folks, for those folks viewing, we're going to put all the three of them up right here and they are in their circles of doom and we want to know was the bluff tonight was it chris or was the bluff carlos or was it in fact gina i'm gonna tell you who it was ladies and gentlemen the bluff tonight this whole time has been chris
2: (laughs)
1: <laughs> no one voted no one voted for chris Chris well done you <laughs> evaded detection
2: wow. Why don't you distract me with your poorly detailed story <laughs> <laughs> I had
3: 20 seconds I shaved off and I, in the and their pronunciations are difficult it's from the 13th century
1: <laughs> well uh, Chris is the ultimate winner today he not only was the bluffer but no one voted for him well, well done
2: it's stole the Lion King from a Japanese
3: anime of a white die lion. Oh, there is that story, too. (laughs) He's a Japanese anime. I think it's Tukaku or something like that, and it's a little white cute little lion that does the... Yeah, it's a little cute lion, and there was a copyright dispute between those two people. Um, and the original people who originally did Lion King did say that it came from that, but then they changed their mind and changed their tune and said that it came from the African story. So there is a little bit of debate. So who knows if I'm lying today oh, wow. lying. I'm I so can crazy. say. I <laughs> but
4: just I, took from, I took it
3: straight from, I took it straight. What's that? Disney's lying. So Disney's That's what I'm lying. putting it on.
4: Well, when they went in front of the judge, they just said, "Your Honor, we're just telling a little white lion."
1: Hey, oh, on oh, that note, <laughs> Adam, Love play us know. out. That was worthy <laughs> of a play out, <laughs> <laughs>
0: indeed, Alan. I'll tell you what; it's been a great time. Tune in next time to see history bluffs. Good night. <laughs> oh my. <laughs>